Hi there, and welcome to Dork Wars Live. My name is Blake. This is your galactic hub for all things Star Wars and more. I'm here with one of the best hosts in the galaxy, the ever-elusive Grant. How's it going, Grant? Hello there. It's good to be elusive and uh, here all at the same time. Yeah, it's uh, pretty magical, actually, that, that you're here with us. I think you're the first... Um, dork wars co-host to actually be on dork wars live other than myself so i know i mean um, we you can't just leave it up to you blake uh some of us have to sub in every now and again so uh that's true here i am so we have some very special guests tonight first up we have danny from comics and cosmetics a red five newbie how's it going danny it's going pretty good guys pretty excited to to be here thanks for the invite of course of course um, next up, we have Nicole from the Rogue One Radio Podcast. How's it going, Nicole? Hi, very good. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Be your Danny and, and the coming pod father, shall I say. Excited. And hello oh, to the... yeah. Hey, make sure to hit well, the like, subscribe button to these guys, if you guys haven't already. That's right. Uh, like and subscribe. That's We'd right. love to have you guys as uh, regular listeners. And I'm going to get to that in a moment, Joker Voice. We will get there. <laughs> but first, before we get to that, we have the Podfather himself, the Grand Palpy Palps of the Red Five Network himself, Ro from a, the Scriffs Podcast. How's it going, Ro? What is up, everybody? Look at all these wonderful people in the chat and on screen. I love you all. Wow. Thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. Is it a great <laughs> live stream without Ro? Maybe. I thought, but uh, it definitely is with probably, him here. I thought he preferred Scuttle Daddy now. Oh, I can't control. I can't control what other people call me. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I've he, tried. I've tried. <laughs> it's up to the masses, really. Um, that's that's how these things go. But uh, as Joker for uh, Joker voice astutely pointed out, I am wearing a lot of Duke Blue Devils gear. I am a crazy college basketball fan, and they are playing right now on my TV. They're up by five in the NCAA tournament. And this is for the uh, the Final Four birth. So um, I'm definitely into it. But I'm definitely into this podcast as well. Unfortunately, uh, our co-host Grant is a UNC fan. Yes, yes. Hey, we're playing tomorrow Gosh. night. So, uh, you know, Here's the our way through. They lose. But <laughs> it's great to see everybody in the chat. I see Joker Voice, Lunar Girl with the Blue Wrench, uh, Backyard Tardis, <laughs> Megan Rickards. I I'm loving it, guys. We're going to have a great time with Dork Wars Podcast. So let's get into a little bit of news. Now hear this. Now hear this. Now hear this. Now you hear this, whoever you are. So first up, we have some Star Wars news. It is reported that Christopher Lloyd has been cast in The Mandalorian Season 3. So... Uh, Ro, what do you think about this, man? I want to come to you first. What, what do you think about Christopher Lloyd? I love Christopher Lloyd. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if I'm liking bringing all these like mega stars into Star Wars. And I, I've said this on a couple of shows. It's kind of weird to kind of, for me, 
I always, and I guess it's because I'm still a kid at heart, you know, this is less of a, this is going to sound weird. This is less of a movie franchise to me than like more of like a documentary because it says it on the, at the beginning of every movie, it happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So it's actually, this is historical. I don't want to see Tom Cruise as a Jedi. I don't want to (laughs) see, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like a weird thing. Um, uh, But that being said, I think. Christopher Lloyd will, you know, bring his quirkiness like he does to every role. I think he's going to be great, whatever it is that he's playing. Um, it's interesting to me that they announced this actor in particular that, you know, he's going to be in the season three. Um, we don't have any other indication of any other actors kind of coming in to, to, to play a role um so we'll we'll see what you know is he going to be on screen is he going to be playing an alien and just a voiceover so we don't know um i'm looking forward to it and you know to see what he uh what he has to offer yeah i I love christopher lloyd back to the future are some of the best films i love back to the future i love him as the villain uh, in Roger Rabbit, I love him in Clue. Like he's everything that Christopher Lloyd in is is amazing. But I I will give you this, Ro. Star Wars started out with casting nobodies and making them megastars. Right. That's that was what it was about: finding yeah. people who were not well known and telling an amazing story with them, and then they just pop off, right? But that's not going to happen when you already have uh, Danny Trejo making a cameo sure. or. Uh, Christopher Lloyd, all this stuff. So, Nicole, I want to come to you. What do you think about Christopher Lloyd in uh, Mando season three? So, I'm like Ro here. Like, to a degree, yes, am I excited? Because great Scott, you know, it's Christopher Lloyd. But at the same time, I made this mention in the book of Fat. I said, you know, we have this beautiful Jennifer Beals. Garso flip just for the scuttle day, just for you. But I think it's what is her purpose. You have this big mega star. And there was really no purpose at the end of the day. They really could have brought in a brand new actress and given them a new start here. And yet they kind of had this big name and it just kind of threw it away, so to speak, towards yeah. the end. I mean, they could have kept her for role. Come on, you know? <laughs> so I really do hope. I know. <laughs> so I hope they really do work this in, in a good way. Because if they just throw it away and not use it, like, okay, here's a good one. Chris, Nick Nolte, right? He was just in season one of The Mandalorian. Right. But Quill had a purpose. Sure. A purpose. And it made sense. So I want that to happen again. I don't want it to be a throwaway like Jennifer Beals. You know, I mean, they could have at least gave her something else or an origin story or something to kind of, I don't know, something. Yes, so. Joker, she is. <laughs> next, next. <laughs> she is still big. Um, maybe not as big as she was maybe in the 80s, but I mean, she's still obviously getting a lot of acting work done. So, Flashdance changed my life. Yeah. Oh, my Flashdance. <laughs> I think it also Mine too. Yeah. <laughs> We're going Dork Wars after dark, baby. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's uh, thinking. Yeah, and you're right. They they threw away Jessica Beals as Garza Whip. It it really seemed like she was going to do something big. Right, yeah. You just never found out what it was. Like, 
I thought she was a bad guy. Like I thought she was going to betray Boba or something like that, or either just save him at the end. Something. No, she just gets blown up in her cantina, and it was it was sad. Like wasted character. You get this. This is exactly what I was thinking. Like during the book of Boba Fett, from the beginning to the end, I'm like going, "There's more to her. There's more to her. There's something more to her." And then all of a sudden, there was there went, and I was like, "Well." gonna be a sad day for Rogue. That's all I thought. I didn't even think about her character. I thought about poor Rogue here. Like, oh and man, sad today. We should have. And then they flowers. leave it up to, yeah, and they leave it up like to a cliffhanger. Like it blew up, but we don't see the body. She could be alive. And then the season finale pretty much opens up with Garza Whip just out there. I, just, <laughs> I was like, oh no, 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 poor Rogue, poor Rogue, poor Rogue. Yeah. So, Danny, what do you think about Christopher Lloyd? And what he's going to be doing in Mando season three? Are you for it? Or are you not for it? What's up? She's got to take a drink first. Chug, chug, chug. I have the same concerns about big celebrity names being tossed into things. Um, a lot of time, times it's it's a distraction. You know, they they didn't pull through with production or writing or directing. So they're like, ah, throw this guy in there. Kind of like. I thought that way about Faith Hill and Tim McGraw in 1883. I was wrong. I can I can admit when I'm wrong. That one <laughs> was not a distraction. Just give them their Emmys now. Um, <laughs> and I love Christopher Lloyd. I mean, I, I the child of the 80s and 90s. Back to the Future. That's all you need to say. And of oh, course, yeah. who framed Roger Rabbit? But I mean, he's always going to be Doc Brown. He's, right. But he is a phenomenal actor. He really does have the chops. Um, so I was just kind of here kicking around in my head like, well, what what could they do with him? What would be an acceptable use of, of Christopher Lloyd in The Mandalorian? And I mean, we got a couple of options. What if he's, you know, he when, when Jin, Din goes to Mandalore and he's looking for you know, the underground waters of, of Mandalore. What if he finds Christopher Lloyd as an old Mandalorian priest or something? You know, there's, that would be kind of cool. And yes, Taxi, you're absolutely right. I am so sorry. Please forgive me. That's, you're absolutely right. But he could be, you know, some kind of, for lack of a, you know, a better phrase, he could be a Mandalorian priest you know, watching the living waters. He could, yeah. He could be a, a Mandalorian. He could be a Vizsla. I mean, we don't. Yeah. That would be really cool. Or he could be a flashback. He could be a flashback to Tar Vizsla. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. Or he could be a flash uh, really? dance. Dance. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I've got, I've got, I've got her in my yeah. But, you know, Danny's got a point. I think I'm really hoping that they use him correctly. They use his quirkiness, his characterizations, uh, all the characters that he's ever played. Just they, they have some sort of magic to them. And I hope they really, really use, you know, use that. It'll be a treat for us fans anyways. I think so, too. Uh, and like I said before, I love Christopher Lloyd. I love all of his work. I mean, just even the things that the chat's coming up with, he's been in Taxi, he was in the Adams Family, um, amazing stuff. So I know Grant's a big Back to the Future fan. His uncle yeah. and my cousin, me, me and Grant are related, um, but uh, his uncle really got me into to a lot of geekdom, and Back to the Future is one of those things. And 
that's where I first was introduced to to uh, Christopher Lloyd, and that stuck with me for a long, long time. And I know Grant's probably the same way. So, what do you think about this, Grant? Where 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 are you at with Christopher Lloyd in in the Mando season three? Yeah. Uh, so Christopher Lloyd, I got the uh, deal off that story real quick. Like, uh, yeah, it, it's Back to the Future was my introduction to him, and then uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit because that's also something that uh, my uncle Blake's cousin um, introduced me to. <laughs> it's just like it. It, it was just hand in hand and he's so great there and that actually goes into uh what i think his character is going to be i think he's going to be kind of sciencey like doc brown was in um in back to the future you know he's going to be i think he's going to be part of one of the head people in the in the cloning process for palpatine and i think we're going to explore more of that because you think moff gideon's gone he the you know well he's not gone he's going to be there but he's not the main villain anymore they kind of handled him said all right we've, we've taken care of him so he's going to step up and i think as like a, a bridge to till we get to Grand Admiral Thrawn, eventually is going to be uh, this character that uh, Christopher Lloyd is playing, and I think he's going to have some of the quirkiness like he did in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, in that film, he's very he's a villain. He's very quirky. He's very you know animated because it's an animated film. It makes sense, but I, I think they're going to draw on aspects from those two films uh, specific, or I guess film series and film uh, specifically, and really make his character an evil genius type of person. Um, and I think that's where he's going to be, and he's going to be high up on the Empire. Ooh, interesting. Because you, you, you want Christopher Lloyd to be the good guy. Normally, he's the good guy. Of course, mm-hmm. not in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He plays such a good uh, villain in that film. Like, I feel like his his uh, ability to play villains is under underused. Right. And Backyard Tardis says uh, Christopher Lloyd can lose himself in a role. So if he's an alien or a droid, I'm all for it. But if he's a cloner or a mechanic, he will feel like Doc Brown and it will take me out of it. And that's really the problem with casting big names in these films, like we were just talking about, is just kind of losing focus of where the story is going because, oh my gosh, I just saw Brad Pitt in Star Wars or right. whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Now. <laughs> but, uh, Sorry. <laughs> just now. I would... I'm excited for it. I love Christopher Lloyd. I think he's going to do a bang up job. Um, but let's let's just keep this thing to a minimum, right? So mm-hmm. moving on, I'm sure all of us have seen the Batman. I don't think Grant has, but he said it's okay. He has. Uh, I have his blessing to uh, to talk about this. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a Batman deleted scene was released this week, and it was a big one. I, I loved it. Uh, just some interaction between the Batman and Joker. That we didn't get to see in the movie. We get to see Joker at the end of the movie a little bit and him talking to uh, to the Riddler. And I, to be honest with you, when I first saw the movie, I th- first thought it was Two-Face because you see his face and it's all kind of weird on one side. But it turns out it's the Joker. And this deleted scene between Batman and the Joker just brings out a lot of good... Um, just back and forth. Just We now know that he's faced the Joker. He's put him in Arkham. And not only that, they, um, the Joker has already started tormenting Batman in the way that only the Joker can. So, guys, what do you, what do we think about this uh, deleted scene? I'll come to you first, uh, Danny. Let's let's start with you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow, she turned into the Joker. <laughs> um, I was so excited when I saw that scene. Okay, I'm, I'm tapped like stacked up on Tupperware right now. Um, <laughs> I told you it's, it's not put together yet. 
from Rubbermaid Toads. And I've even got my, oh, my lightsaber go. mixer. mixer. <laughs> Very nice. That's right. So cool. <laughs> anyway, um, I was really excited when we got that scene. Because one, Barry Keegan is doing a phenomenal Joker. And I've seen complaints about it, but that just... Shut up. <laughs> you're complaining about you're complaining about nothing. Like he's he's doing an amazing job. He looks like he fell in acid. You know all those scars on his head, all the just give me a minute, Joker. <sighs> <laughs> well, he looks like he really does look like he fell in a vat of acid and got disfigured from that. Loved that. Loved that kind of horror effect. It really evokes killing joke to me or death in the family. Loved it. His laugh um, and just the way he talks to him, like, oh, a present. Our anniversary is coming up. Like, he's he's <laughs> such an a-hole. And then when he slid him the files, right away, I saw the paperclip. <laughs> right away. <laughs> Listen to him. I see the paperclip and I'm like, Oh, yeah, that's a smart idea. You know, slide the psychopath and criminal a paperclip. Well, he's locked up in a state facility. But nothing bad's going to happen there. And then what happens when he's sliding it back? Paperclip's gone. So some poor guard is going to get a fucking paperclip in the eyeball. Yep, that's how I do it. (laughs) And then there goes the Joker. I mean, one, it was, uh, give me a minute, Joker. I mean, just <laughs> give Barry a chance. Give Barry Keegan a chance. I know you're all about, just give him a chance, man. Um, it just, it really evoked me, like, when Batman ate it on that overpass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know he's making mistakes because he's still right. a rookie. This is just his year second two. year doing this, yeah. right? So he slides in the file folder. It doesn't even register to him. Oh shit, man! Those paper clips might be a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, doesn't even think about it. And I guarantee you got the folders back, and like that piece of paper falls up. He's like, "Well, I could have sworn I had this attached with a paper clip. I must have dropped that." <laughs> Surely the psycho didn't steal it. He's being watched. So th- that's what I love because it's it's showing a very freshman, amateur Batman who's just learning how to, to do this stuff. And that's going to be the perfect combination. You know, he's not going to see it coming from Joker yet. And that's what we need to see in a Batman movie where... Mm-hmm he doesn't really know the Joker that well right now and them kind of getting to know each other in this, you know, guy you really shouldn't be dating aesthetic. (laughs) Like everyone else can see it's a bad idea yet. Yeah. You just keep going around in circles. Batman year two, the okayest detective in the world. Um, (laughs) uh, So Nicole, what do you think of uh, this deleted scene? Did, did you like it? Did you did you think it would have added oh. to the movie? Should I left it in or no? Okay, so I personally, I loved this deleted scene. It was amazing. It got me excited. 
I couldn't, I can't wait until they actually get to that, whether it's in the Arkham series or hopefully they won't put him in the next movie, but in the third movie. Um, but I'm glad they deleted it. And the reason why is because I want it to still been on Riddler. I still wanted it to be on Batman. I loved the scene. It's amazing. But at the same time, I'm glad they did because they, again, they need to needed to have that focus on Batman, the Riddler. Um, and that, yes, that clip part was hilarious. NJV, be nice. Give, give the new Joker a chance. <laughs> so, I think he's going to be awesome. And you know what? The last two I said with Keith and, and Joaquin Phoenix, I, both times, like months ahead, I was like, they're going to, they're both going to win Oscars. They're going to do great. They put this guy in, in in the movie. I think that it's possibility, maybe, but hopefully not the next one. I want it in right. a third movie. I want something else. I want to build up, man. But I'm excited. That's something we don't get in a lot of Batman movies is build up. And we actually had a bat. We actually had a Batman episode a couple, couple weeks ago on our main dork wars, the podcast uh, line Mm -hmm. of, of uh, episodes. And one thing that really got me was Harvey Dent in the dark Knight. I love his character. I love him as two face, but I felt like, I mean, we were introduced to him in the dark Knight, and he became the Joker uh, two thirds of the way through the film. And it's like, Take some time to give the man a breath. Like he, he just got here. Like I would have loved to have seen him evolve into the Two Face. Maybe by the end of the third movie or something like that, it would have been interesting. But instead, they just boop. There he is. If they and, would have uh, done like a series, that would yeah. have been really doable. I could see that as well. So, Ro, what do you think about this deleted scene in uh, the Batman from the Batman, rather? Um, it must have been very difficult for the director to cut that scene. Um, Mm -hmm. it was shot so incredibly well. The soft focus, the, 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 you know, the not revealing who this guy was, um, over the shoulder shots, the detail on on the back of the head. It, um, like I said, it was so well done. It must have been really difficult to cut that scene, um, but I'm I'm glad they I'm glad they did. I think it's uh, you know we we talk about the fact that how you know sometimes when you bring some uh, either an actor or a character into an ensemble piece, then all of a sudden the attention goes there where it should be you know somewhere else. Like Danny says, you know, let Batman shine, let the Riddler shine. If you bring the Joker in, you were like. Oh, like what? What's what's he gonna do next? What's what's happening here? You know, we pay attention to the wrong thing. Um, I'm glad they cut it. I'm gonna uh, disagree with the uh, Joker voice and think uh, and say that it was um, it was incredibly powerful. It is a Joker I think that we have not seen um, in live action. Uh, so horrific, so grotesque. Um, and at the same time, you know, you, you think about our audiences today, how far can we go in that direction before audiences are like, mm, I don't know, this, this might be too dark, but for the most part, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did too. I did too. And I really think uh, they should get Danny to do the Joker, uh, the Joker's makeup. Um, <laughs> Comics and cosmetics, right? The Joker's known for his marvelous makeup. And who do we have here but Miss Comics and Cosmetics herself? <laughs> so I'm not going to ask. Yeah, I'm putting in the call go. right now. What took you so long? That's right. So I'm not going to ask Grant about this. Notes. 
I have my set notes from Brian's site for the Ahsoka Tano look, like right over there. Like I'm getting ready to frame it and hang it up. <laughs> That's right. I know how to make at least Rosario Dawson look like Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very exciting. So I'm I'm not going to ask Grant about this because he's not even seen the Batman. Oh, come on, Grant. It's Get busy. It together, man. It, it's difficult. <laughs> you know my life, Blake. I know. In three Don't hours to go to the theater. <laughs> <laughs> but um, great movie. I loved it. I think it was it was like Tim Burton and uh, Christopher Nolan had a love child, and that was this movie. But moving on now. <laughs> <laughs> The Batman. I just said it was the Batman. I'm not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's my fault. So, moving on now. Dork Wars, the podcast, has a merchandise store. Merchandising. Merchandising? What's that? Merchandising. Come. I'll show you. Open up this door. So, we have, we have Dork Wars, the t-shirt. Dork Wars, the hoodie. Dork Wars, the coffee mug. And, yes, we even have Dork Wars, the lightsaber. That's not true because that technology does not exist and it would be bad if it did. Um, but go check us out. Type in uh, Dork Wars Linktree into Google. You will find everywhere that we're at and our merchandise store. We'd uh, love to have you wear Dork Wars on your person. So uh, next up, I do want to talk about the Red 5 a little bit. I like plugging the Red 5 when I do my podcasts because it is an excellent group of people. Not just podcasts, not just shows, but people. And it even here, I have three people who are not on my show who are on my live stream and were just like, yeah, I'll do it. Let's let's get in there. Red 5 staying alive. Red 5 family. I love it. Um, Danny is the newest member of Red 5 co uh, Comics and Cosmetics. So I'm honored that you come came on the show tonight. Thanks. And I'm honored you asked me. I just want to welcome you because it's it's crazy. We've been in for seven or eight months now and... It's really changed the way I've done my podcast and even this live thing. I probably wouldn't be doing this right now if it wasn't for Red 5 because I got the experience coming in on other people's shows and, and guesting and oh, yeah. amazing stuff. I, I definitely owe, owe that to Ro and Shanti for kind of show. I mean, first of all, sh showing me the software. I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the first time I was ever on a podcast with other people was the Scarif podcast and you know I had just signed up for Twitter a uh, funny story about 10 11 years ago I had a nightmare that I signed up for Twitter and so I woke up woke up the next day and decided you know what I'm just never going to sign up for Twitter that was horrifying <laughs> so, true story. So, so, sounds right so I, I do that to myself <laughs> well then then I did the interview with with details who's actually a friend of ours he's been friends with my boyfriend for 25 years they met wow. in hawaii when my boyfriend was in the army and d was just hanging out in waikiki partying like david no idea who he was he found out like 10 15 years later he was in this big boy band and he was in star wars movies like he had no idea wow. so wow. when i started the channel i you know i'm talking to d and it's like hey let me interview you he's like cool well I posted the interview and all of a sudden D's like, Hey, you need to get on Twitter. I said, Nope. I had a nightmare 10 <laughs> years ago. Not doing it. And That's he's like, reason. no, you really need to get on there. Cause they're sharing the video around. Just please get on there. And so I did. And almost right away, Ro reached out to me and he was like, hi. 
hey, how are you doing? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's me. But, well, uh, I yeah. I don't have this saved on my phone. Just it's it's not it's not creepy. I'm sorry. I just I was just I was just looking through the Twitter feed and I saw your post. It's it's right. not creeping on everything. I know. <laughs> sorry. But no, I was. I mean, right away, you know, Ro kind of. I I don't know if he meant to at all, but you kind of just took me under your wing, and I met all of these people and they've all been so nice and so helpful and suddenly for the first time in my adult life i have friends and then, <laughs> didn't, didn't you tell your didn't you tell your significant other that uh you had like red five network friends and we wanted you to go to to go see batman with us or something and then what did he say he was like bye <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go meet your internet friends that's fine that's yeah he, he doesn't want to go he he came up with the idea for comics and cosmetics because honestly he was like look you need an outlet for this shit i really don't care but you know if you want me to watch a show with you i'll watch a show with you but you have to pause every five seconds and explain every single character's origin story i don't care so he came up with this idea and now i have friends and i'm always on my phone and i'm doing this stuff and i'm like you asked for this homie it's great <laughs> I tell you, the red it. five family chat is never but asleep there's long always meandering. someone saying something yeah I, you guys yeah. weren't kidding i wake up in the morning and there's like 300 <laughs> messages like you know what i'm going to read the last three yeah. and then get my Hit the arrow down <laughs> yeah so and i Zoom. try to Exactly. It's like the last the, the last day, two or three. Yeah, I'm like yeah, and then it. and then you just type in ha ha ha, ha and then forget then like, wait for the it. wait for the next three hundred. <laughs> but you know, long long meandering story you know, made short, too late. Yeah. Um <laughs> I my channel most definitely would not be where it is right now had I not met you guys. And that's really been awesome and meant the world to me. So thank you so much for having me. That's awesome. Of course. <laughs> so thanks. We love it. So we, we have the it. Dork Wars link tree uh, posted there. Uh, I didn't type that. Somebody else did who has access to our YouTube channel. It must have been Grant. Great. Thanks. <laughs> it was me. Way to go. Way to stay on top of things. I was like, who the heck is Dork Wars Pocket? That's me. <laughs> and Little Girl has the, uh, the bio.link Red 5. You can find all the Red 5 shows with that link. And there's what thirty seven of us now, thirty eight, mm -hmm. somewhere in there. Yeah, I mean, somewhere there. We're we're growing like mad, and we're having fun all the time doing it. Um, I, I love the Red Five; it's awesome. <laughs> so, with that said, let's get into our main topic for tonight, and here it is. Oh yeah, tonight we are talking the original trilogy. So I've got this uh, this plan for a series. This is part one. We're going to go through each trilogy of the Star Wars series. And we're going to start with the original because that's what you're supposed to do, right? Exactly. Yep. yep. Exactly. So we're going to go through. I'm going to ask some questions. At the end, we are going to rate this thing. And uh, I'll, I'll keep up with the tallies. And, and you know, if we don't have the same number on each podcast, it's probably going to like 
I'll, I'll try to even it up. We'll, we'll see what's up with that when I get there. We'll cross that bridge. But first, what do you think are these trilogies' uh, best attributes? The original trilogy. What's, what are some of the best things about it? And I want to come to Roe first because I know that this is Roe's favorite trilogy. I know that he's just in these three movies. So what are the best things about uh, the original trilogy of Star Wars? Wow, that's um, that's a that's not a an easy question to answer. Um, you know, the original trilogy obviously is the original one that got us all hyped up to do what we do here, um, right. and uh, you know, for whatever reason, we connected with said trilogy, whether it was characters or storyline or the actors or anything like that it's um it's you know the the original trilogy works on our deepest emotions on on some level it's uh, it, it is all those things that i mentioned it's story it's it's concept um the way they were put together and for me in particular it's all the behind the scenes stuff that really got me excited to learn about the craft of filmmaking and getting into my 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 career and and all that stuff so it's it's um you can't answer that question with a simple this is why star wars is star wars it, it works on so many levels uh, around the globe to 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 many people, um, but for you know, I think for the most part, it has a, a a unifying message of hope. And I know that's kind of cliche, and everybody might say that, but it, it, you know, George Lucas started these movies to to give hope to a, a ser you know a group of young people that were suffering through you know the 60s and early 70s with everything that was going on in in society at that time you had Watergate you had the Vietnam War you had uh, civil rights uh, you know the the movement civil rights movement so it's it's all that stuff that uh, you know George wanted to create and and introduce new fairy tales and new tales of morality um into the public pantheon for you know young folks to kind of you know remember that there is hope in the world and i think star wars does that masterfully he borrows you know certain okay. motifs from different you know stories in in religion and history and in all sorts of things so it, like i said it's it's not one thing that works on a specific aspect of your personality it's many things and i think that is what makes star wars so classic as a story and it uh it continues to live through all the other incarnations that uh that this franchise has uh generated yeah and i, I can agree with that Ro. i thought you would go for about two hours um so i could uh i know you could i know <laughs> Just hearing you talk about the original trilogy, man, it's it's so romanticized uh, when you talk. I wish I could talk about it that way. Um, but you're right. It is something that was fresh. It was original. And while George Lucas does borrow from different stories, he brings it to us in such a way that no one had ever seen it before up to that point. Uh, a space odyssey, a space adventure, fantasy. It was just amazing. And those films still hold up today. Um, even just the practical effects that were used still hold up today. Yeah, there's some better stuff now, but that was 1977, right? And I, you can still watch those movies and be like, man, what they did there was really, really great, especially for the time. 
and just the the message of hope the the um joker voice says it here the hero's uh, journey by joseph campbell yes it's it's a hero's journey and that is something that everyone likes to see i mean i don't i don't care who you are and it's it's a unifying thing so nicole what are some of the original trilogy's best attributes what do you think about that um, you know, I think it broke, you had mentioned the practical effects. I think it broke the mold there. You know, we were on a cusp of something new and more, and they were pushing new boundaries, you know, new, new ideas were happening in technology and, you know, with how things were being shot and filmed. Um, I cannot forget to mention the iconic music with John Williams, because really you can listen just to John Williams without actually watching the movie and yet you can see the movie in your mind and that is i mean that is phenomenal that is amazing and i think that's an amazing attribute to 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 john williams and to star wars you know kudos to george lucas for making sure all that got together um and of course the amazing new at the time all the new actors and actresses you know what they were considered as unknown other than maybe american graffiti everybody else was pretty brand new so again i thought so that probably brought something new to it. So, and I just—it's just too bad that I wasn't, you know, born and alive in 1977 to been old enough to go because that would have been really I awesome. <laughs> I know I had to—I experienced Star Wars the first time in the uh, mid to late 1990s with the special releases, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> they were still a great story, still a great story. But yeah, I would have loved to see the originals when they came out as well. And Luna Girl puts here the great John Williams. Yes, John Williams. Everything he touches with his music just becomes mm-hmm. cinematic gold. I yeah. mean, he he writes and composes in a way that just make you feel like that's it. That just it just makes you feel. His music yeah. tap, taps into your soul. Absolutely, yeah. it does. <clears throat> yeah. He knows how to and, emote. That's for sure. Yeah, uh-huh. and when you see Luke staring at the twin sons and then the theme plays it's yes it's amazing and and that is one of the things that i think sets star wars apart from other movies because i can't think of any movies before that that had such a dynamic um soundtrack or a some uh, music that really told the story of the plot like the the music is intertwined with the story you can watch that wasn't done before that you can watch star wars without any dialogue and just listen to the music and know what's going on exactly and 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 it was designed that way by george lucas i remember hearing an interview with that uh with with him about that it's uh it's almost made to 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 act like a like a a silent film and getting back to something that nicole said you know back in the day i remember some theaters the actors were so unknown that some theaters had alec guinness and peter cushion as top billing because they mm-hmm. were the they were the the veteran actors. Nobody, you know, echelon. right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's interesting. And yes, and especially Alec Guinness did, didn't even like Star Wars, which is <laughs> poor so guy. Hilarious to me. Poor, yeah, poor guy. He didn't know. He had no idea. He just thought he was in a goofy space fantasy. I mean, you know, we didn't know what it was. So, Danny. What do you think about the original trilogy? What are its best attributes? Well, first of all. I was born in 1980, so I mean, start the original trilogy is my trilogy, but that's right. my favorite. That's the best. That's the one that's close to my heart. 
You know, I grew up wanting my own Ewok baby. I really thought that could happen for me. My first crush was Han Solo. Like, I remember all my first strong emotions came from this story. And that, to me, is what is best about the original trilogy, about A New Hope, is the story. Who cannot relate to that? Who cannot relate to feeling like, you know, you're living in this podunk nowhere area and you just you feel like you're meant for something more but you don't know what it is and all of the sudden you know you just you just want to get out of your hometown you know you're growing up you're turning 18 you're graduating high school you just want to get the hell out of your crappy little hometown and all of a sudden this this guy kind of shows up and he's like oh well how about an adventure way the fuck away from here how about that? Does that sound nice? And, and you're going to get superpowers. <laughs> I, that sounds like the plot of Back to the Future, actually. <laughs> well, just, I just... Well, there's no superpowers, but... As, as a, a small child that, you know, was totally different from everybody else, that was very relatable and appealing to me. And it just... I don't think there's a real word for it when I, I don't know what you would call it, Ro. It's just when you don't have a word for it. It's 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 an attachment, you know. It's just it's something that special to you. You can't put words to it. You're not just a fan of it. This is a part of your life, a part of who you are, a part of your childhood. You it's know, in your DNA, is, it's in your DNA. Yeah, it's something that has helped program your ethics, your morals, your right. your behaviors. And it had some very beautiful messages that you can be from this garbage backwood area and still become someone who saves the freaking galaxy. It doesn't matter where you're from. You can be anything you want. The only limitation is yourself. And I think that is a very underrated and sometimes often missed plot to to star wars that it doesn't matter who you are the only limitation is you you can be you can do great things that's what i love yeah. about it i think the messages in star wars especially the original trilogy mm-hmm. just really bring people together it's about yeah. unity yeah. about making the galaxy a better place about making where you are at better because you are who you are and that's something that every person feels at their core they want to be important they want to do something that makes a difference. I feel like, I don't know, I, I feel that way. I want to do something that affects someone's life in a positive way. So that message really rings through the original trilogy, and that's why it speaks to us the way that it does, I believe. Um, Joker Voice in the comments shares his experience with the uh, with the first movie, A New Hope. He was there on opening day, and his mom is still salty because May 25th is her birthday. Wow. Good My God, Joker, how movie. old are Instead, you? Oh no, we're getting personal here in the Dwarf Wars chat. I'm all for it. Let's let's mix it up a little bit. Uh Grant, what do you think about the OT? What are the, what are its best attributes? The original trilogy is is coming from a different perspective for me than uh everyone else here. Um Grant's a baby. I am. In fact, uh I'm going to reveal just how much of a baby I am. Um The Phantom Menace was actually released before I was born. So yeah, that's right. Oh my God, it was. It was. It was released the year before I was born. So like, you're younger than my child. 
Yeah. Yeah, Grant's, Grant's a spring I'm, chicken. I'm very, very young. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> Stop so, rubbing it in, all right? Yeah. <laughs> just, just go on with it. I'm bathing in the fountain. Of Talk about Star here, Wars. You know? <laughs> so for me, uh, the original trilogy uh, actually wasn't the first Star Wars thing I'd ever seen. I actually saw the uh, the prequel trilogy first because that's what I grew up with. That's what you know was newer for me as a kid. Um, I was thinking, you know, my dad uh, is a big Star Wars fan as well, and he wanted to watch, you know, the new movies for him that had just come out for Star Wars, which was the prequels, and so. I'd sit there and watch it with him. And, uh, of course, I'd watch the uh, original trilogy with him as well. But it was the prequels that was... <laughs> uh, it was the prequels that kind of set the tone for me. And then seeing how different the prequels and the, and the original trilogy are, because we're not talking about prequels tonight, uh, the original trilogy it has a different tone. You know? Um, and and it's, it's seen, it's just like, it's about hope and having hope. Even when you know everything seems to come against you, and th- the way I re- it really stands out is, uh, you know, in A New Hope, we see Obi Wan Kenobi get killed right in front of Luke. I mean, he lost his his adoptive parents in that movie. He lose he loses his uh, uncle Ben, and then right after that, he's he's like, you know what? I- I'm still going to go out there and help this rebellion against the Empire. This um, kid gets it. This kid gets it. Yeah, yeah, he does. That's why I keep. That's why I keep him around. That's that's the whole reason. That's how I'm able to make it on the podcast, you know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he he like he's going through all this hardship, but it doesn't stop him. Okay, and that's just in the New Hope. If we go on to the next movie, uh, and Empire Strikes Back, his one of his best friends, Han Solo, gets imprisoned. You know, he's basically taken hostage. Okay. Um, his sister, well, he doesn't know he's his sister yet, but Leia, she's, you know, his dealing best with- friend who he kissed, who happens to be his <laughs> sister. <laughs> what um, could happen? Yeah. Slight amounts in a whole galaxy full of women. He kisses his sister. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> she is dealing with all sorts of things. She's a princess. She's lost her home planet in the previous film. She's learning how to deal with that. Her you brother know, tried still- to make out with her. She's got a lot on the plate. <laughs> I mean, I'm she- telling you, she- man, it's- she turned to her brother for comfort, just not the comfort you might think. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Luna girl. Give Dork Wars the likes. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, regardless of that, Leia is the one who really gets a lot of hope in this because, you know, Luke loses his arm. And at the end of the film, he just seems kind of down. He seems kind of downtrodden, which is different from when we saw him in the previous film. But Leia's there and is like, don't worry, we're going to work this out. We're going to figure something out. And she's the one bringing the hope. And then as we go to uh, the last one uh, in this trilogy, uh, Return of the Jedi, we see Luke has been kind of reformed. He's kind of uh, got that hope back, and he's not the same Luke that we saw in the previous two films by any means. And he is sitting there and brings that hope, and Leia has that hope. And when they save Han, it's all about giving hope back to Han, that third movie, I really believe. And it's no secret that Harrison Ford didn't want to really be in that film. He thought his uh, his role was useless at that point. But the the entire film, if, the way I see it, is giving hope to him and, and Darth Vader and the galaxy as a whole. The galaxy, you know, is the fall of the Empire, well, supposed to be. But sequel trilogy nonsense is a whole nother thing. Um, <laughs> we'll get to it. Nonsense. We got a we'll couple get to weeks. It. Yeah, we a couple, couple weeks. weeks. But it, it's given hope to the galaxy. It's given hope... Um, that this tyrannical rule can end, that the Republic can be reformed, that we can see and be hopeful and live our lives and not be under this tyrannical rule and worry about, you know, if we do something wrong, if we say something against our government, are we going to get killed? And, and that's a big thing that's just, you know, 
important and it, it just shows how through each all three films hope is given in a different manner but it's still all about hope yeah that's that's a good take grant and i'm not that much older than you i'm only eight years older than grant so i grew up with uh, i I did see the original trilogy first, but when I was younger, the prequels were a big deal, man. I had the toys, the super uh, battle droids were awesome. The the lights, it was awesome. Uh, it was it was great to grow up in that time just because of the Star Wars merchandise that was around. I mean, it was everywhere, mm-hmm. and it's a good a good perspective from Grant. Just having been more of a prequels baby than a original trilogy original trilogy baby, right? But it does. It does take on a different tone. And though the movies are older, the special effects aren't as amazing or fantastical. They are amazing films. The story is told in a way that really hits you. And I think that's kind of what we've all been been playing around here is that it's a story that's timeless. It's a story that hits us every time right where we need to be hit. So moving on, if any, what are this trilogy's worst attributes? Um, Danny, I want to start with you on this one. Can, can you think of any any bad attributes of of the original trilogy? Are we talking about the original original trilogy or the original trilogy that was released in the nineties? We're talking about all of it. So, if you think that is a a black mark on it, bring it up. Well, <laughs> I wish George Lucas would have just left well enough alone when he, you know added his his crap to it in the 90s it just because he was like well you know i i couldn't this kind of been bothering me i just i really wish i could have added this but you know hey look i'm rich and i can do what i want now so i'm gonna re-release the movies i already made and then you know you can't ever see the first ones i ever did in the first place ever again sorry it doesn't make any sense. The three, those three movies were perfect the way they were. And I have no problems with the fact that, you know, science and technology is so much more advanced these days. I'm not looking back at my old childhood movies thinking, boy, this just sucks now. I wish someone would remaster it and put in some animations that they don't need. I, I, I've never thought that. And I, I, I just I felt like it was a lot of I don't know if I want to say hubris or just I hate that you know? word. Yeah. <laughs> it said way too much in the Star Wars fandom. That's like the go to word for bad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> My rebuttal to, to Danny there is uh well, I was gonna about- say I, I guess we're starting with Danny. Yeah. <laughs> well he he said that. I'm yeah. Ask you. Oh go ahead. Yeah, I said right. it. I said it. We're starting go with ahead. Danny. My rebuttal to Danny there is I don't think he did it to change things and, you know, to kind of change how the original people who saw that film or that s- series of films, their perspective on it. I think they did it to bring in the next generation that was born because every time they release it, you think a new generation has started. And if you think about it, right. younger and younger kids don't want to watch these older films that don't have as good effects they're like well, they that's see just bad films. parenting <laughs> totally it is Look, I mean, just yeah. bad parenting yeah. but and i'm gonna tell you right now my children they watch the original trilogy before they watch the prequels 
Well, it, yeah. it, it's just it's just they compared to what they see today, and you know, people like shiny, they like flashy, they like things oh, that sure. catch the attention. I'm, so they want they want I, that. That I get, but if you you can tell, you can tell so easily it he it didn't look as smooth as he thought it did. You can tell what's yeah. was yeah. originally in the film and what he's added in. He changed the music, the cantina music. Come on, man. You can't change the cantina music. You can't forget about McClunky either. This intro exactly. For this podcast, actually, you just <laughs> <laughs> whoops. Well, no, he he changed the whole thing altogether. Yeah. It wasn't bah, 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 anymore. It just he changed it, right? And that's what I want to hear when they walk into the cantina. That's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear the other updated, sassier version. With big mouth, blah. I just, I, nah. <laughs> I can see where Grant's coming Wait, from. Danny, are you masses. talking about Return of the Jedi? Not in the know. New Hope. The no, cantina I'm talking scene. about all three of them. He, I know, but did. specifically, you said the big mouth. You're talking mm -hmm. about size noodles and the yeah, special edition in the third yeah. one. Okay, whole size. I'm talking about all three of them. That the whole original trilogy that he decided to remaster and add additional gotcha stuff gotcha in. yeah gotcha gotcha mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so from so from a storytelling standpoint i would have left it i yeah. love older films like you look at planet of the apes no one's ever remastered that still holds up today right I good movies it. a good all, movie all the movies that's right now for the masses there are people who are casual star wars fans i don't mind that's great if you just enjoy it, you just watch the movies, you don't even watch the shows or read the books or whatever, like we all obviously do because we're all dorks here, Stork Wars. Um, yeah, they like flashy, they like new. So it's done to sell movies. It's done to sell tickets to the theater, done to sell uh, DVDs and Blu-rays and now digital subscriptions and all that. Um, but it happened. It did happen. And I think some of the, the changes are okay. Um I, I, you know, you can tell a stark difference from the CGI shiny new, like in the New Hope. This is one that always gets me. They're coming into to Tatooine, the and you're, they're on the speeder. They have the old filter, and then you have like the the monster or whatever going. Blah, blah, yeah, and that's all CGI, and it and it kind of takes you out of the moment it, because it looks that's starkly it. different from the old footage. Mm -hmm. Um. And I can agree with that. I, I would have left it. I do like bringing in, like in the special edition, they brought in the Job of the Hut scene in A New Hope, where before they take off from uh, Mos Eisley. I thought that was a good scene to add. Um, in the newer ones, Jabba does look better than he did in the special effect uh, of nineteen ninety. What was it, seven or eight? They were when they uh, released those. Ninety-seven, I think. Anyways, uh, <laughs> when they released those, Jabba kind of looked sick and scary. But uh, in the new ones, I think that's a scene that looks really good, and I think they updated very well. There is still that he looks way too shiny to be here. But I think it was a good scene to add. But from a storytelling st uh, standpoint, I, I would have left a lot of that alone. So let's come to you, Nicole. What do you think are the worst attributes of the original trilogy? If any. Any? I'm not nitpicky about the, the newer edition ones. I mean, if you like them, you like them. You don't, you don't. 
Um, but I'm really not. I, you know, again, I, I don't know. I don't think there is. And, and the reason why, again, they, the time when they were coming out, we were looking at it at the time, you know, again, they were breaking into new technology and they're breaking in things that we were not doing before. And, you know, just because now things have all of a sudden changed, gotten better, it doesn't mean that, that it didn't happen, you know? So I don't know, kudos to them for creating something amazing and masterful that we can all still talk about or argue about or debate about, you know? <laughs> right. So it's timeless. It's a timeless story yeah. and that's what's going to happen. I mean, people a hundred years from now are going to be talking about star Wars. Absolutely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Agreed. They will be. So I don't really have any like real, so, like bad attributes to me, for me. Right. So I'm, I'm going to hold off on Roe for a moment. I'm going to go to Grant because I know I don't I don't know where Roe's going to go with this one, but uh, Grant, <laughs> any worst attributes of uh, the original trilogy? Uh, I mean, I, I want to say the Jawas, or not the Jawas. I'm sorry. I want to say <laughs> the, the Ewoks. Jaw, Ewoks. I, I get them. Cover your, cover your ears, Danny. I want to say the Ewoks. Honestly. <laughs> Honey, he didn't mean it. He didn't mean it, baby. <laughs> Grant, Danny, I'm glad you guys are not in the same room. Yeah, I, I feel like it, it's for my own safety at this point. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, I want to say the Ewoks. They just, I mean. She's got the lightsaber mixer duck, Grant. God, please. I mean, it, it's no secret that originally George Lucas wanted to do a planet full of Wookiees. But he couldn't find enough tall people to do that. So he went with Ewoks. Um, and it's not that they're it's not that they're not funny because that's what they're there. They're, they're funny, and they add a nice comedy element to it. But I don't think How we needed. You, I don't think we needed comedy in that film. I felt like it needed to be a more serious tone and didn't need that comedic relief yeah. in that in Return of the Jedi. You know, it, it was very like, all right, let's get this done. Uh, the other two films didn't really have much comedy in it, and it just feels out of place. Um, but other than that, the comedy in the other two films. What do you are have against adorableness, Grant? He also hates puppies. I was going to say, do you have puppies and kids too? Well, saying that I have Apple one, pie, I, doesn't I, love I, his I mother, it's fine. just goes on and on. No, it's just, the, the, you're right, Like The comedy in the other films are different. And it's just this one, they're like, okay, we don't really have anything funny in our script and our writing. So we're just going to add something fluffy, something funny, oh. something something that we can sell. This felt is what yeah. it felt like. Uh, 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 okay, I got to add something to say. I, I have to. Maybe Danny will probably go off with me. And this is you, too, baby. Um, so I, I personally love those murder little bears. Uh, to me, I love the Ewoks. But it also started this amazing um, career for uh, for uh, Warwick. Warwick Which was huge. Yeah. this was huge for him, and remember, and for him, he's got a whole. I mean, even today, you know, he's still advocating for all the jobs and things. This was huge, and he was a very, he's very young at the time. He hasn't hadn't yet done Willow or anything. And of course, we have these great even behind the scenes shots of him and Carrie Fisher, and you know that they're connecting. Yeah. So you can see the connection. So I love that they had this them in the in in the uh, final movie it was amazing and then again we still have warwick today he's yeah, just, what do you have against warwick yeah. davis's career Grant? Yeah. he's got kids <laughs> 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 danny has taken warwick this as a personal attack on her livelihood 
<laughs> now nah, Warwick Davis is great. I, I love Warwick Davis. I have just... a four-year-old Ewok baby in the other room that is now going to cry himself to sleep, Grant. I tell you what, I, I, I'll write an apology letter and send it over to him and say that he is my Dear favorite Ewok. Titus Tiny of Totterton. <laughs> okay. Uh, I need to get your address later so I can mail that to you. Just use emails quicker. Eh, um, less personal. So I'll I'll tell you this. Um, yes, the the Ewoks add a strange kind of comedy, and I think early in our Dork Wars days, we like went in on the livelihood of Ewoks. Like what? Like because we played uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two on PlayStation Four, and there's a game mode called Ewok Hunt where the stormtroopers just have to survive a night on Ewok with the Ewok. It's so creepy. It's the scariest game mode I've ever played in my life. It's fun. Because, I mean, you're sitting there, and all of a sudden you hear, woo, woo, and then you're dead, and then you're an Ewok now. Oh, God. Um, so they eat people, and they it's and they're scared. And, and people say they're adorable, but they're really scared. I mean, if you look at a close-up of their face, they're just little. they got sharp teeth, and it's scary. Yeah, Rose got it. So I'll tell you a funny story. My wife is is not oh. a dork. She is, she is not a dork. And I love her to death. We 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 are together on some things, but she's you know she just don't don't like that kind of thing. Well, I got her to watch the original trilogy. It was a it was a snow week, and uh, we watched all three. We watched one each day, and her favorite part was the Ewoks. Hands yes! down. I don't I don't know if she, I don't know if she retained anything else in the in the trilogy. It, she she just said, "Oh my God, I want one of those." Just and Ewoks. Then we, yeah. <laughs> That's it. So coming to you, Ro. Oh, by the way, before before we go, Megan Rickards agrees with us people who say Ewoks, people eating teddy bears, cute, but they will eat you. Yep. So I guess be nice when you come over to my house or my Ewok child will devour you. <laughs> <laughs> so Ro, any negative attributes? What are the worst attributes of the original trilogy? Um, uh, first of all, uh, get off my lawn. <laughs> Having that said, uh, yeah, I got a couple of things to say about some of the things that you guys mentioned. Um, I don't think there are any negative attributes to the original trilogy. Um, I feel that, uh, they are, you know, pretty perfect on their own. Um, I can try real hard to think of something negative to say about the original trilogy, and um, I would be hard-pressed to, to, to name any. Um, one of the things that I do feel um, regarding everybody's opinion, I guess, on the special editions, and this is coming from a guy who loves the technology of filmmaking. It's why I love Star Wars. It, I'm a behind-the-scenes guy. I respect George Lucas as a filmmaker. These are his babies, and I give him full reign to do whatever the hell he wants to these movies because it was his blood, sweat, and tears that created them in the first place. And I understand through the process of what he went through with his crew that there were some things that just didn't uh, feel right when he finished the movie. And the fact that he was able to go back in the nineties and say, you know what? I want to, I want to tweak some things here. Um, I think that's great. I think, 
Um, ILM is one of the companies in modern filmmaking that pushed the envelope that was uh, able to inspire other filmmakers to to continue to go forward. I think if Star Wars would have stopped back in the 70s and did nothing in the 90s, I think the film landscape would look a lot different. Um, ILM did a lot of work with uh, even the, the changes that were made um, on the special editions. And even the work that was done through the on the small screen with the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. And I know George Lucas was even back then was trying to figure out how to bring Star Wars to the small screen, how to be able to create the the world of Star Wars um, in a television series, but without having to spend as much money as they do on film. Um, So I think. The Young Indiana Jones Chronicles uh, was kind of a training ground for ILM um, to be able to create these special effects on a shoestring budget or at least less of a budget than, you know, the big budget movies. So I give him kudos. I give him props. I give them, um, you know. Uh, praise for pushing the envelope of technology. Um, and I know there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, don't like the fact that he went back and changed things, but I'm okay with it uh, because it kind of ushered a new era of digital work that obviously, um, you know, I remember hearing him say, you know, I want to do new, Star- after Return of the Jedi, he says, I want to do new Star Wars movies, but the technology has not caught up to what I have in mind. And I think that's right. one really uh, fascinating aspect of of the relationship between this trilogy and the relationship between the prequel trilogy, where, you know, for the, for the most part, that's like all digital. Um, and I know a lot of people have problems with that, but for the most part, you know, the the work that was put into to that foundation to continue to grow as far as filmmaking goes and pushing the envelope in filmmaking technology for other people, other filmmakers to use that technology and say, wow, this is really cool. Let's, let's keep it going. I think, uh, I think it's commendable and, um, and get off my lawn. (laughs) <laughs> uh, wasn't um the young indiana jones movie isn't that doesn't that have the very first cgi like fully cgi character in it the or is that young sherlock holmes no that's young young sherlock holmes yeah young sherlock holmes the stained yeah. glass right. character okay yeah. so i, I, I do want to i do want to ask you about this rose so one of the things that is a contention among all Star Wars fans, and it might be just uh, maybe I'm just fishing for some some bad stuff here, but um, <laughs> you got the who shot first thing, right? In the original trilogy, they say Han shot first, and right, then right, when right. they redid them in the '90s, Greedo shot first, and then now he just says McClunky as he burns to death. <laughs> and what are your thoughts on that? I, I, I want to get. I don't think I've ever got this take from you, so I, I, I would like it right now. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the McClunky factor. Um, that was the M- McClunky was a weird thing because it was it was done um, as soon as uh, Star Wars: A New Hope was put on Disney. Um, people started to find that out. I don't know. I don't know what happened. What the story is. Um, I do remember reading an interview or hearing an interview of George Lucas talking about the Greedo shot first, and I think it was when I think he he kind of attributed that to 
he doesn't he didn't want Han Solo to shoot first because it it it's kind of like a bad thing and he didn't want kids right. to to go in that direction. Um which I you know I I guess you you know that is hearing it explained that way I guess kind of has um you know you can respect that for whatever whatever you want to take it but um I I I own probably 22 versions of the original trilogy on all sorts of formats VHS you know widescreen I'm going to burn my pan and scan VHSs uh for whatever that's worth I've got laser discs blu-rays regular DVDs I've got it all so I I I don't suffer from I I want to watch the original cut I have the original cut um I mean it was tweaked even even from um release date to the advent of them being released on VHS it was still right. being tweaked um with you know different audio mixes thx was getting you know uh, uh um different mixes because of the theaters and they were still working with uh stereo and mono and right. depending on what theater you went to go watch the movie it sounded different so i don't think there's like one like final version of star wars the way it was released back in the 70s because like i said even after it was released it was still being tweaked almost weeks right. after the fact um but for the most part yeah um han shot first and i don't know what mcclunky was all about <laughs> you know my mom she actually has the original trilogy on vhs and laser like the the original ones and she's already told me she's being buried with them so <laughs> yeah i'm Absolutely. not getting that <laughs> well and the thing is i think it really shows how much han solo grows through the movie i mean he has character growth that's part of it so if he starts out as a bad guy and shoots greedo first sure who cares he's a good guy by the end of the movie Mm-hmm. Um, we're by the end. Of the I, I, you know what? I, and I wonder. I wonder now because it's a similar issue with Andor, Cassian Andor, at the beginning of Rogue One. I wonder what George Lucas thinks about that aspect because obviously Andor shot first. That's right. Oh yeah, he sure did. <laughs> and there's yeah. no remix of that yet. <laughs> you know, I think it really demonstrates. You know what, Rogue and you guys were saying the character growth that really takes it back to the thing I like about Star Wars is that anybody, anybody can make it here anybody can make it there anyone can be redeemed anyone can be brought back and fight for what's right and i think taking that out and doing the mcclunky just (laughs) takes away from from han's han's growth and the message to kids that yeah you may have done something you shouldn't have but if you really really regret doing that and you reform yourself for yourself i mean that's that takes strength of you know personal character it it takes strength takes fortitude that's a good thing it really does and i think that i think you're right Danny, it really does show all that and i wish they would have left han shot first because i think it would have developed into It makes his character development better for me that he went from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And if he, you know, if he wasn't a bad guy to begin with, then why wasn't he fighting with the rebellion to begin with or doing the right thing, quote unquote, instead of running spice and doing all this? I mean, he was not depicted as a great person to begin with. 
I think we've just coined a phrase though. Uh, Roe did say the McClunky factor. So next time that uh, I get to something that's superfluous or, or doesn't matter or is just plain wrong, I'm going to call it the McClunky factor. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> just yell McClunky. It's McClunky. Like, McClunky. McClunky. It's a McClunky. No big. So we're, we're going to move into favorite character, ship, and location. Um, any of the three you want want to want to talk about real quick? We'll we'll get down to it. Um, let's start with you, Ro. What's your favorite character, ship, or location, or any combination of that <laughs> in the original trilogy? <laughs> oh, we know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, even know why I asked you about character. I don't. <laughs> why did I do that? Right. Um, yeah. I mean, Darth Vader. He's uh, you know. As soon as I saw him uh, walk through that door, uh, just striking, striking, you know, image. Um, Darth Vader, uh, ship, I I, I guess. You know, everybody picks the Millennium Falcon, but I, you know, I really love, uh, from the original trilogy, I really love the TIE Interceptor. It's one of my favorite TIE fighter um, variants. And it's so sleek looking and 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 really cool. I got Spazzy one right ball. there. Um, and then what else? What was the third one? Uh, location. What's your favorite location in the original trilogy? Huh. Uh, that's a good one. Let's see. I think I, I might have to say Cloud City. It's beautiful, especially yeah. and 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 I think. I might attribute this to the special edition because they did a lot of work on on the Empire Strikes Back, expanding Cloud City, expanding some of the vistas, and they did such a great job that it made Cloud City to me um, a lot more appealing to to kind of visit and check out. Um, so I love it. Yeah, it is, it is a beautiful place, and it's different. Like every other planet, you're on the planet, and Cloud City is just. The city in the sky, like you're mm-hmm. you're above everything else. It has a whole different feel from anything else. It's like it's like watching the Jetsons, you know. That's that's how I feel every time I see Cloud City. I think of the Jetsons. Um, but good stuff, man. Yeah, Darth Vader's just an imposing character. His just his just looking at him, just his his look is yep. just terrifying. And then you add James Earl Jones as the voice, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's it. I mean, there can be no other iconic character. I tell you, I tell you real, real fast. Uh, when I first got my Oculus Quest and downloaded Vader Immortal, the first time he walked up to me, I just froze there. <laughs> it was so amazing. I'm like, <gasps> it was yeah. awesome. I played that. A friend of mine has it, and I, I, I tried to high five Darth Vader. It was cool. <laughs> it was neat. So Nicole looked like she had something to say a moment ago. I do, and actually, you know what? I'm going to take a step back into attributes with this one, and it goes with right. Vader. It Go does. You guys talked about James Earl Jones, but you guys also talked about how big and amazing and great he was, and yet I did not hear the name of the man who played him come off of your anybody's lips, and that's the other David Prowse. David Prowse, yeah. Sure. He, he is amazing. He could have chosen to either be, he was offered to either be Chewbacca or to be Darth Vader, and of course, for him, he did not know that he was not going to be vo- he was not going to be the voice. He did not know they kept him in the quiet that he, you know when they did the final reveal, it was not going to be him. You know what I mean? Imagine doing right. that scene 
and thinking you're in this big movie and then having that taken away from you. Like, and I think that is one of the attributes because even tonight, like we were just talking about it. I'm like going, oh, he's great. He's big. And then all of a sudden James Earl Jones. And I'm like, y'all just miss like the person who really personified, you know, and brought all that, you know, yes, yeah. James Earl Jones is amazing. Okay. He's iconic and it's in his own right. And he's a legend, but then we have the Rouse who just, he gets forgotten and it, it stinks because he deserves more than that because he's yeah. he, he deserves way more than than what he was given i agree there's a great documentary out there called i am your father's leasing uh 2015 mm-hmm. and if you haven't seen it go watch it and it mm-hmm. it tells the story of david prowse and his experience with star wars and i think they did him dirty in a way mm-hmm. of course i mean i don't i don't think you could have darth vader without james earl jones but at the same time, they should have been straight with the man, you know? <laughs> you know? That's just how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. But um, Joker voice came up. He said his location was Death Star, of course. Death Star is awesome. And then he was talking about David Prowse and Sebastian Shaw. One thing I did not mention in the uh, special when we were, I know I had special effects as its own thing, but we kind of got into it with the, uh, the negative attributes. I don't like that they replaced Sebastian Shaw with uh, Hayden Christensen. I I get why they did it, but I wasn't a fan. That could be a whole episode on its own. You could. I just wanted to mention it because I felt like if we didn't mention it, you got to mention it. And it's funny. Looking back, I made a post about it like a meme a couple months ago. It was was an uproar. Like People got mad at me, but um, (laughs) it's okay. But they literally just took Hayden Christensen's head and put it on Sebastian Shaw's body. Like That's... That's literally all they did. Like They didn't even put Hayden Christensen's body in there. It's just his head superimposed Mm -hmm. on Sebastian Shaw. It's crazy. But uh, let's move to Danny. Your favorite character, ship, location for for the original trilogy. So my favorite character is Han Solo. And I like it for, you know, some of the reasons you said. He showed growth. He started off as an a-hole. He was a scoundrel. Sure was. You know, he's, he's also to blame for my taste in, in men for the last <laughs> 40 years. Uh, yeah, that effect on later too. Ford. But he was, he was a butthole and, you know, out for himself and you watch him, you watch him change, you know, and he, he allows himself to be vulnerable with Leia. And then he gets to see what that's like on the other end. Like, what, what, what do you mean by that? And then she just walks off. Is like, how do you like it? Not, not so good. That's it. Now. So he ends up growing. And, and not just because he wants Leia, but because he wants to be deserving of Leia. He, he wants, wants to be to more. Have, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Han, I think he's a great character and in certain ways he's kind of underrated because there's a lot of messages that come out of his story arc. So I love Han. So, you know, of course I love the millennium Falcon. Yeah. That's, that's my favorite. It's a a great ship. And it's, it's a home. It's a flying home. You know, (laughs) you could go anywhere whenever you want. You don't have to stay in one place. This man's living down by the river in his Millennium Falcon. Hey, it's got a lot more room than With that van down friend. by the river. That's right. <laughs> and, and, it's got, got, and it's got a hyperdrive. And hey. it's got guns. So get off my lawn. Oh, you said no? 
now your fertilizer. <laughs> um, and my favorite location is also Cloud City. And for a couple of reasons, one, it, it's nice, it's pretty, it looked, you know, shiny. You know, after we were all these grimy places, you know, Tatooine, Dagobah, and then you've got this beautiful, beautiful city up in the sky, up in the clouds, and everyone's just clean <laughs> and pretty. Yeah. But underneath, clean, clean? Yeah, clean. They got showers. They got showers at Cloud City. <laughs> but underneath all of that pristine beauty and fancy things and expensive crap, there's a price for that. Oh, yeah. And that price was being complacent and being a collaborator, working with Darth Vader. And you know what? Throwing your friends under the bus, like, repeatedly and letting the bus back up over them and... <laughs> Platinum some more. But that's what I love about the Cloud City location because it's supposed to evoke that that thought in us, like, oh wow, this is so nice. It's like, well, it's so nice now. I won't right. live in Cloud City if this is what I have to do to live here. Right. So that's why I love Cloud City. That's great. And Lunar Girls chimed in on the chat. She loves Leia, the Millennium Falcon, and the Force Moon of Endor. Leia She would. Great yeah. character. I, I love I love <laughs> Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. The Forest Moon of Endor is a beautiful place. It's beautiful uh, scenery. Yes, they have the meth teddy bears that will eat your face at night if you're not Stop careful. Stop calling them that. <laughs> the beautifully adorable Care Bear creatures that will eat no. your face if you're not looking <laughs> there out. You go. <laughs> they eat crackers. You see him eat crackers with Leia. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's because she was nice to him. If she was not nice, she so would, be nice to the teddy bears. Her. Is it that much to ask? <laughs> so Nicole, so Nicole, favorite character, ship, and location in the original trilogy. So it's so hard to pick because I, 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 I love so many of them. But you know, I, I kind of have some favorite droids like C three PO. Oh, and but yeah. I love Leia. But then how can you like not for? I mean, we cannot forget Chewbacca. I mean, Chewbacca like really he's amazing, and he every every movie that we've ever seen Chewbacca in, whoever has played him, whether it been Peter Mayhew or Junis, they're amazing. And I absolutely, absolutely love, 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 love Chewbacca. I know that I, you know, I know Luna Girl mentioned Leia, and of course Leia is my one of my favorite. It's just. We didn't have that before. I mean, we had stuff. We had women in roles, but we didn't have that type of role for us girls. Right. You know, um, hard to pick a ship when I'm like, well, of course it's the Millennium Falcon, even though you know Vader's cool and all this other stuff. But I'm kind of like Danny, like, come on, it's a house. Let's go. Like, <laughs> I live in Illinois, man. Bro, we could go to that ship and go to Galaxy's Edge, like. I'm just saying, and that'd be a lot better than sometimes here in Illinois. Um, <laughs> and no, I'm not forgetting R2-D2 either. This is why I can't just pick one R2-D. I mean, yeah, little, 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 it is. I could be here all day just naming my favorites, and you guys would be like, are you done yet? <laughs> this is my fault for, for uh, making very hard questions. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, we could talk about them forever. Um, but I will get to my favorite, uh, one of my, I've actually wrote articles about some of the different locations from Endor, but one, and Hoth, but one of my favorites will still be 
course, with the two binary sons, and that's with the twin sons. That that moment in in the New Hope was amazing. Every time in the summer and in the spring, like I look forward to my evening walks because I want to see, I want to feel that move moment. I want to feel that twin sons because I just can see Luke staring at the twin sons, and I want to stare at the beautiful you know, purples and oranges and pinks and be like, I can be like Luke and, and look at the beautiful suns. So so now I need to see a video of Nicole standing in the wind in the spring and watching the sun with John Williams playing in the background. That's that's what we uh, need. I, I did do this and actually it's interesting. <laughs> right around the I actually, I think that was, yeah, right around a year ago, it was one of my last articles kind of had a little bit of writer's block. Some things have happened, but um i did i actually stopped and i went and took a walk in the evenings and i started playing john williams and i'd go walk uh and i would get inspired and i would start writing and i i did one i started writing about the twin sons so that's amazing very nice yeah and going back to favorite characters leia so my daughter i've introduced her to star wars a little bit we watched some of the lego stuff and some of the animated stuff and her favorite character, I ask her, we, we talk about it here and there, because she's not exposed to it very much. She's she, she's turning four this Monday, so she's she's young. She's a, she's a young little youngling there. And um, her favorite character is Leia. Why? She doesn't know. But it's a girl, and she's in Star Wars. And that's not a bad thing, because Leia is so feisty. She is headstrong. She's a leader. Uh, it's, she's a great role model for women, for anybody. She's a great role model for me. I mean... Uh, just to be in her position, amazing character. So nothing wrong with Leia being a favorite character at all. So Grant, I want to come to you. Don't take all night, man. But uh, <laughs> Grant, you saw what I was put up against. I got a list. <laughs> <laughs> favorite character, favorite ship, favorite location. Favorite character is Master Yoda. Um, just mm. seeing him in uh, Empire when he first shows up and he's just jumping around and messing with Luke and R2. It's just funny because uh, we know that he knows R2-D2. I mean, he, he's been around well, him. we know that now. We know that People now. originally you know. did not know that. So he was just well, being a dick. I mean, we, we know that You knew that. Now. You knew that, Grant, because you're a baby. I knew it because of my background. But, like, <laughs> if you think of the whole picture and you've seen the whole picture, you know, the whole Star Wars uh, set of trilogies, um, then you know that Yoda knows him, and he's just sitting there kind of messing with him and you don't know if it's because he's losing it or if he's, you know, just, you know, being this crazy hermit. Because that, that's the way he comes off in that in that first film. And when you first see him, you know, when we're first introduced, he's a crazy hermit. He, he's this insane old master, quote unquote. This all Luke knows. It's like Ben tells him, hey, you need to go here and meet Yoda. He's going to teach you. And he has no idea what Yoda looks like. He doesn't have any thing I, he has expectations because he's all he knows is ben kenobi as the jedi that's the only jedi he knows and he goes and he finds his little tiny funny creepy disgusting creature <laughs> and he's like who are you i'm looking for master yoda you know I mean, he's, he's just like, plain yogurt <laughs> like what? he's Sorry. looking for this great jedi master and he doesn't believe that it could be him and He's proven very, very wrong, and Yoda just, I mean, you see it in like an instant. You can tell he was just kind of trying to test Luke, see what he thought, if he was, you know, truly worthy of becoming a Jedi in almost a way. Because you see when Luke, like, you know, figures out that he's Yoda, you can just see how Yoda just switches. He, he goes from that crazy hermit to yeah, the wise Jedi certainly. master. Yeah, mm -hmm. He just turns the switch, is like, okay, 
you pass or you fail the test actually luke fails the test Let, mm-hmm. let's be honest he fails that first test he does and uh that's why he doesn't become a jedi before he leaves in uh empire strikes back well one of the reasons partly, yeah. partly. uh he, he fails this test and that and that's a big thing for luke there and it shows that he has still more to learn and more to grow um so that's why master yoda is my favorite character uh for my favorite ship um joker's gonna be very happy it's the super star destroyer i mean my action now thinking about my entire lineup is just empire strikes back um <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with it honey but like we it's think if movie. you think about back to new hope we saw how big the star destroyers were and you're just like wow i mean you come in <laughs> and, you, and you see this little, little freighter going running 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 and then you just have this long huge imperial star destroyer just chasing them and you're just like what in the world how's that even fair how the rebel how's the rebel line supposed to to win that and then you go to the beginning of empire strikes back and you get a star destroyer and then you just get the shadow just going over it and you're like whoa mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and it's just like it, it's just it's jaw dropping the first time i watched that i can remember my like how is something and it like it's like seven or to ten of those star destroyers equals super star story and almost seems like it's it's ridiculously massive and you're like how in the world did they make that and a death star and all these other star destroyers and yet the rebel alliance is running around with little freighters that are like able to be fit into a, a hangar on a star destroyer and that's all they got that that's the best right. things they got at that time because you know we didn't know about the mon calamari at this point um it's it just it, it was just so different and so like it showed how strong the Empire really was and what the Rebel Alliance was truly facing. Even after they took out the Death Star, they took out, took out right. their super weapon, but they were still way outgunned, and, and it really hits it there. Um, for my favorite plant, or, you know, location, location. location, it is certainly got to be Hoth for me. That opening battle um, and, and just set of scenes on Hoth is really different from anything else that we've seen mm-hmm. um, yeah. in Star Wars. We haven't seen another ice desert, or not ice desert, but I guess it's kind of like a tundra, tundra ice yeah. tundra planet. We've only seen Hoth throughout all three trilogies. We, we've seen multiple desert planets. We've seen multiple, um, you know, different lush, green, lush planets. green planets. We didn't have Coruscant in there. I think Coruscant would be probably it for the, for the prequel trilogy, but in this Hoth, Hoth is the one place. Uh, it has the ice. It's very unique. The battle there is so nice. It's the first time we see AT-AT walkers a- mm-hmm. and ATST walkers. I mean, it's just, it's very awesome. And then you got the snow speeders and, you know, Luke using his lightsaber for the first time, really using his lightsaber for something. And, you know, we got the jaw, or not the jaws. We have the uh, rain, no, not the rancor. Dear God, what in the world is that thing called? Wampa. Wampa. Yeah, Wampa. I don't know. I'm going through every apparently species of anything that's in the original trilogy but the right what one is it? the wampa there and you know han just doing anything he can to keep luke alive in that you know negative freezing temperature all night long and not really worrying about himself it's like i gotta go save my friend and that show that was another big point uh, of han's growth there it's mm-hmm. just hoth was right. just and then vader walking through at the end and you see the stormtroopers trying to shoot all the ships as they're trying to go out and stop them it was just so incredible. You know, they finally got this base set up. It seemed like they just got it done. And now it's found and it's destroyed and they're abandoning mm-hmm. ship as quickly as possible. So it, it was just, Hoth is different. It's amazing. And it was just set the tone for Empire entirely. Absolutely. Awesome. 
Awesome. So I'm, I'm going to give mine real quick. The only thing about Hoth is you can't get to a Wendy's real quick. They're few and far between on Hoth. Um, but for me, my favorite character, I bounce between, man. I love Master Yoda, obviously. Um, anyway, I, I, just to peel back a layer of Dork Wars, the podcast, when you hear Yoda on our show, it's me, actually. I do that. Uh, <laughs> right on. We don't have Master Yoda there. <laughs> what? Despite what you all may think at home. Um, but Darth Vader, I have to be, I have to go with Ro, man. I just love that imposing figure that Ro really said it all for the character. So I don't have to say too much, but I just love the way he strikes fear in all that, uh, that he's presented to favorite ship is the X-Wing. Love the X-Wing. It's classic. It's sleek. It gets in there. It's what blows up the Death Star. It's a bad machine. Um, I really, really like the, um, the original X-Wings and one of my favorite ships in the, in the sequel trilogy is actually the newer the updated X-Wing looks great, but we're not talking about that favorite location. Got to be the death star. Love the death star. It's a mechanical monstrosity. Planets. Like, it's, it's a, it's the size of a moon. Like it's amazing. Love it. So that's my picks. That's my picks for those. So let's, let's move into our final little bit here. Just a, a one through ten rating. We'll go right down the line. Let's start with row. Row one out of ten. What do you give the original trilogy? Like I said, flawless, uh, wonderful uh, execution for the most part. Uh, great actors, wonderful lore, uh, magical performances by everyone, and obviously, you know, timeless films. Um, does your scale only go to ten? <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Let's turn it up to 11, baby. Yeah, all the way. Yeah, I, you can't go wrong with the original trilogy. So, Nicole, what do you give the original trilogy 1 out of 10? I'm, I'm with Ro here. Why are we just going to 10? Give it 100. <laughs> it's perfect. Right? Grading scale, 100's the top. If you're if you're at school, it's 100. It's an A+. Plus. I mean, it's an right. amazing amazing trilogy and again it was just it was a one of a kind at the time and yeah bringing in new stuff so i give it an a plus 100 <laughs> give it whatever it needs right danny exactly. one out of 10 the i completely trilogy. agree with Rowan and nicole you can't slap a number on perfection right that's right can't quantify it grant dare i dare i ask you come on grant overnight over nine thousand. Oh. <laughs> oh, Dragon Ball Z reference. Oh my gosh! We we'll have to talk Dragon Ball Z one day. We'll have to do it. Um, so I guess you're going perfect ten too. Man, I would feel bad if I gave it anything less than a ten. I'm with you, you better guys. not. I can't. I can't. I mean, don't get us kicked out of the red five. Come on. <laughs> don't mess it up. Think it through, baby. Think it through. Um. How right? How can you quantify perfection? It hit all the right feels. When you watch these movies, you can relate. Mm -hmm. I love these movies. Anytime you sit down to watch them, they're not any less impactful. Every time you watch them, there's something there's something new I notice every time I watch this trilogy. I mean, it's been out for uh, yeah, forty plus years. Yep. And same what thing other here. Move, what other what other movies can you say that about? Mm -hmm. There's not uh, many. Indiana Jones. Uh, that's true too. Like I said, I said there's some. There's not many. 
And you guys are talking about it was one of a kind for the time. Yes, it was the first major movie franchise, I believe, mm -hmm. that really broke big. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't. Planet of the Apes was before this, and they had their run of movies, but nothing is successful as Star no, Wars. It's, and it's even the Steel Beatles today. of movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. 100%. Yeah. And uh, I think Grant got a new, uh, new fan for his cult. Grant started a cult on Twitch uh, <laughs> about six months ago, somehow. Yes, I did. Hey, By accident. Dream big, kiddo. Dream it was an accident. Yeah, Listen, they love him on Twitch. My, they. they they started not liking all us other people on Twitch because we made fun of Grant. It was it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. It was Sorry. bad. But uh, it's all in good fun. Um, just ending this up here. Thank you guys for coming on. Uh, our, our Red Five family: Roe, Nicole, newest member Danny, and boy, did you add something fun to this chat? I I enjoyed having you on. I don't all know of how you to guys. Shut up. No, that's that's totally fine. She Maybe. doesn't. We did it. We did it. We did an episode with her. She doesn't. Damn it! I'm never gonna live Look, that down. Next Dork Wars live. I'm just putting Danny on. I'm like, all right. So today we're talking about Danny. Take it away, and that's gonna be it. <laughs> Seven hours later. <laughs> that's right. But thank you guys for coming on. I enjoy everything. Ro, where can we find you real quick? You and your oh, podcast. Oh, yes. You can find the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast wherever you get your other favorite podcasts. We are on all the favorite podcatchers. And uh, we do live shows on YouTube, Scarif Live, Saturdays. What, uh, whatever topics we think of, we're gonna do. We're gonna be doing some reviews for Kenobi once that drops. And um, yeah, we are on all the socials. Find us on Red Five BioLink, and yeah, we're everywhere. Amazing, Nicole. Where can we find you and your podcast? Well, I'm Nicole. I'm actually on Twitter as Peace Love Star Wars, a part of the Rogue One Radio. So you can find me on Twitter as well as Facebook and Instagram with Rogue One Radio. Also part of the Red Five. Cannot forget that. Can't forget that. Is there any other network? Just a, a fun tidbit. We had DJ on our last Dork Wars Live and even on our main Dork Wars podcast. That They are co-hosts. DJ and Nicole are co-hosts. Mm -hmm. Great show. I've been joining in the last couple Tuesday nights. I actually have a, a job teaching kids music on Tuesdays. Aww. It sounds a lot better. Yeah, it sounds about a lot better out loud than in execution. <laughs> um, but I get to join in about 30 minutes to an hour in and, and great show. Love the breakdowns. Just an awesome show. Go give them a sub and a like as well. Danny, where can we find you in your podcast? Well, you can find comics and cosmetics on the YouTubes. I uh, drop a new episode every Saturday. And what I do is I sit and talk about whatever nerdy topic I've been obsessing about while doing my makeup at the same time. I never talk about the makeup. I just talk about the nerdy stuff. So don't worry. I'm not going to tell you how to contour, fellas. I just, it's what I'm doing while I'm talking about it. <laughs> and that is on YouTube every Saturday. Starting next Sunday, I will be going live every Sunday. Um, and that's going to be, at first, us talking about Moon Knight, because Moon Knight comes out Wednesday. If you don't know anything about Moon Knight, check out my YouTube channel. I got a video on it. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook also, and Twitter, but Twitter has a different handle that's 
D underscore S O N C A S I E. You know what? Just look up comics and cosmetics. I'm sure it'll pop up. Yeah, that's what we that's that's what we say it on Doorcore. Just look it up on the Google. Yeah, yeah no one's gonna learn how to pronounce or spell my last name, so I just need to give it up. That's right. So you can find me and Grant anywhere that you get your favorite podcasts. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter, on Instagram, the whole deal here on YouTube. Like the channel, subscribe. We'd love to have you as regular listeners. Input your stuff. Uh, give us give us comments, feedback. We love all that stuff. Interacting with you guys is probably the best part of doing these podcasts. I love it. So that's where you can find Dork Wars, a podcast. Um, I think that's about it for the night, guys. Thanks again for everyone being on. Thank you, everybody out there um, listening, for those who are listening now and will listen. I'm going to say go Duke again, just for luck. (laughs) Thanks, and may the Force be with you. Thank you for supporting Dork Wars, the podcast. You can check us out on facebook.com forward slash Dork Wars, the podcast. And if you would like to join in on the discussion or maybe suggest topics for us to discuss, please do so by joining our Discord community or sending us an email at dorkwarspodcast at gmail.com. This has been a Give Dork Wars the Likes production.